Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. The voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. You sound like you're from London. I don't want your life. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. Welcome back, everybody, to the Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. My name is Rob Mansfield, and with me, he is also a big fan of Connecticut. It's Alex Rockline. How's it going, Rob? Good. You, you get it? Because Abby's from Connecticut. I do. You no, I it. appreciate that. And it's a nice little tie-in to uh, one of the films that we will be discussing today. Well, we have arisen from our Thanksgiving hangover, and we are back and better than ever. I don't know if I am, to be honest with you. I'm still uh, digesting some smoked turkey. That's how we do it down here in Texas. Oh, man, that's awesome. I do love some smoked turkey, so I'm jealous. Well, Rock, we are fully in the Christmas season, and with that brings one of my favorite things, Christmas movies. My question to you is, which Santa movie do you think is most realistic to what could possibly be true? This is such a good question because Christmas movies, they don't need to be just about Santa, but the ones that do feature Santa that do stand out to me the most, and they're like completely different 50 years apart. We got the Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Street. I think Santa Claus in those two movies, if you were to mash them up, kind of roll them together, I feel like that would be the ideal Santa. And I'll tell you why. Miracle on 34th Street is from 1947. We're talking a long time ago. The whole movie takes place in New York. So you're really just talking about the spirit of Santa and what he represents and who he is. And I think the character in that movie is great. But then when I think about the Santa Claus... And the first time I saw that movie and, you know, Tim Allen becomes Santa and he goes up to the North Pole and, like you know, the, the toy shop and everything. And then he gains the weight and the beard comes out like that. I love when I think of him in that role. I'm like, that's a Santa Claus. When I think of the lore of Christmas as to what could rationally make sense, the Santa Claus is what stands out to me. So I'm glad that you pointed that one out. It just seems they have the most logical answers to all of the questions that you would have. And they've gone on. They've got two sequels. They have a TV show that's on its second season. My family watches that. I'm not ashamed to say it. It's pretty good. And I think the Santa Claus you can see as an inspiration for some of the movies that came out afterwards and you know how they portray the North Pole and the the whole operation up there and I think it's fun to see other movies kind of take cues from that and just how they represent the North Pole what does it look like for them how does the the operation work up there yeah I love those kind of movies and and there's so many different ways that you see them in, in films and tv shows and all that how many different types of Christmas movies are there We had mentioned Santa movies, so movies like The Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street, Elf. I think we've got Christmas family movies, which would include rom-coms, romantic movies like Christmas Vacation, Love Actually. Then you've got Christmas animated movies like The Grinch and the Charlie Brown Christmas Special. Then you've got movies that take place during the Christmas season. So this would be like The Christmas Carol. And then you have Christmas horror movies, which should be illegal. I don't even want to talk about that. (laughs) Krampus. That's the one that stood out to me. And I was like, I don't even want to dignify it. No disrespect to horror movie fans. I'm that's fine. But I don't I like my Christmas movies with a smile. Can you think of any other categories? Yeah, you think of a movie like Home Alone, which obviously takes place at Christmas time, but that movie could have taken place at any time. It could. And that's an interesting question that you bring up. The movies like Home Alone, 
Die Hard, even like Iron Man 3. Those are movies that are set during Christmas, but probably could be set during any time period. And it's always been a thought of mine. What makes a movie constitute as a Christmas movie? I think that's something that you and I should explore a little deeper in our next episode. So there's a little tease for you guys. Next episode, we're going to try to break down the rules of what makes a movie a Christmas movie, specifically why I truly believe Home Alone, Die Hard are Christmas movies. Sounds like we got some homework, but good homework. You know, this is homework I want to do. Anyway, Rock and I wanted to kick off this holiday season with two different types of Christmas movies with one very similar component, Vince Vaughn. In the late 2000s, Vaughn kind of decided he was going to make a run at being the Christmas movie king and came out with two of them in consecutive years. So in this week's showdown, I will be representing four Christmases and Alex will be fighting for Fred Claus. What can you tell me about Fred Claus? Quick summary on Fred Claus. Santa has a brother who is way cooler than Santa and saves Christmas because Santa eats too many cookies and can't move. This movie was released on November 9th, 2007, directed by David Dobkin. You might know him for his work with Vince Vaughn on Wedding Crashers. Initially, he was going to direct, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, but drop that to work on this movie. Written by Dan Fogelman. Uh, he's got quite the range of work you might recognize. Cars, animated movie, Crazy Stupid Love, and he also created the television show This Is Us. The guys got range. Also written by Jesse Nelson. This movie had a budget of $100 million. Box office brought in $97.8 million. Fred Claus has a Rotten Tomato score of 21% and a Google audience score of 78%. That box office is kind of surprising given the cast that's in this movie. That budget is surprising, <laughs> too. Like, <laughs> that is a really high that's budget. A high budget. That yeah, is a high no, budget. it is. It, it it is surprising. I feel like Christmas movies generally do pretty well around yeah. Christmas time. So that is a little little is a little surprising to me too. I'm also surprised too, considering Dodgeball and Wedding Crashers came out before Fred yeah. Claus and you know Vince Vaughn. He was right at the top for yeah. comedic actors in these kind of goofy goofyish movies. Hmm, I don't know. Well, Four Christmases, right off the bat, Alex, this is a top three Christmas movie for me. I love it. The summary of Four Christmases, a couple that does everything in their power to avoid their families must visit all four homes when, you know what, who are, are we kidding? This movie is just a vehicle for Vince Vaughn and a bunch of other famous people to do some hilarious family humor like calling your divorced wife nothing but a common street whore. <laughs> Released November 26, 2008, directed by Seth Gordon, Four Christmases had a budget of $80 million and a box office of $163.7 million. Rotten Tomatoes score of 25% for Four Christmases and a Google audience score of 67%, which is criminal, should be much, much higher. All right. These are two Vince Vaughn movies. Alex, Speed Draft, Vince Vaughn movies. As a Christmas gift to you, I'm going to allow you the first pick. Wow. Wow. What a guy. Ready? Speed Snake Draft, Vince Vaughn movies, four or five word explanation, why you took it. Go. Number one pick for me has to be Dodgeball. I read that once in a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going Wedding Crashers. Ma, the meatloaf. That was going to be my line. <laughs> Next pick, Old School. You're my boy, Blue. Okay, uh, I'm going Anchorman. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Milk was a bad choice. There's too many choices on some of these movies. And then my next pick, Couples Retreat. Mm. I just love that movie. 
That's all I got. I'm sorry. I just love that. It's a great movie. I am going to go with Rudy because if it's there, I'll always take it. I knew you're going to take Rudy. Lastly, I'm going with, you know what? I don't even care. I'm going with the Lost World, Jurassic no. Park. Man. Shout out to my Jurassic Park poster. I am one of the biggest Jurassic Park fans out there. And even though the Lost World isn't that great, it's still a freaking dinosaur movie. I, I should have traded it up to get that movie. I You know, I think out of the Jurassic Park, it's my least favorite, but it's still a Jurassic Park movie. My least favorite is Fallen Kingdom. Man. All right. Last pick. I, I guess I'll take Anchorman 2. The okay. legend continues. <laughs> so bummed. <laughs> I actually had fighting with my family ahead of The mm. Lost World. I think it's his highest rated it is. movie on in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's really, really good. But I could not take a Jurassic I know. Park. Hey, I, I don't blame you. We left a lot of movies on the on the table there. Swingers, Freaky, yep. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a guilty pleasure of mine. I like that movie. The Breakup, The Internship. He cameoed in Zoolander. <laughs> I, did, I didn't put that one on my list just because that's less of a Vince Vaughn movie. But I still, know, I know. It, it, was, it was available. All right. Ready to get into it? Let's get into this. Round one, best cast or performance? So we are talking Vince Vaughn, so we don't need to really go into any of his accolades at this point. But let me just tell you who else was in Fred Kloss. This movie actually has three Oscar winners, Kevin Spacey, Rachel Weisz, and Kathy Bates. And also two Oscar nominees, Paul Giamatti and Miranda Richardson. There's a lot of big names in this movie. It's kind of crazy because you have like Kathy Bates, who has four lines in the movie. She is totally underutilized because every time she's in a scene she's fantastic so as i mentioned paul giamatti he plays nick so nicholas santa claus how did you feel about his portrayal of santa i like paul giamatti he didn't give me santa vibes though to me he was like too grungy too salt of the earth folklore-ish yeah i i also am a big fan of paul giamatti i feel like he and vince vaughn had great chemistry yes but I feel like his adult character just didn't really match up with who he was supposed to be when he's first introduced as a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he like he basically invents Christmas and the whole idea of a Santa Claus. And when he's older, he's just kind of like a doof. Eats too many cookies. Well, and he's also when he was a kid, I'm going to be nice to everybody and give everybody everything. And then he has like a top naughty list. Yeah. Like that just doesn't seem like something Santa would do. I totally agree. Also appearing, John Michael Higgins. He plays Willie the Elf. Did you recognize him? He does a bunch of stuff. He's at least been in one other Vince Vaughn movie, The Breakup. I'm going to give you a comp real quick. He reminds me a lot of Thomas Lennon in that yes. he's yep. in everything. Yep. He's that one guy that's just going to be there and, and be funny no matter what he does. But he'll never be like the guy. Yeah. He does host a, a game show. It's called America Says, which we used to watch all the time when I lived with my parents briefly. Oh, nice. Big game show house over there. Uh, we also have Elizabeth Banks. She plays Charlene. Elizabeth Banks was a very interesting choice for this movie because she has such a minor part, but she's such a big name. They just used her kind of as just like the pretty blonde. I feel like that storyline just didn't get enough love. It was a good storyline, but it needed more. This movie was already pretty long, but I wonder how much they left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I do too, because a lot of stuff was more implied. Yeah. All right, some more names to hit you with. Uh, Ludacris makes an appearance as the DJ. Love me some Luda. 
Gotta love Luda. You have Jeremy Swift. Uh, you may know him as Higgins from Ted Lasso. He plays one of the elves. He's great in Ted Lasso. I love him in Ted Lasso. Great show. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has a very random, quick moment when he's looking in the crystal ball to see what Wanda is is up to in Chicago. You may know him as Negan from The Walking Dead. I thought it was really funny, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but Vince Vaughn, when they're when he's talking about Wanda meeting this guy and he keeps calling him this old man with liver spotted hands. <laughs> right. It's like Jeffrey Dean Morgan's not that old. He's, he's actually, I think he's like what, four years older than Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and he's, he's a good looking guy too. You yeah, know, yeah, I think he yeah. was just I, maybe a little insecure. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, you also have a young Bobby J Thompson. He plays slam. He's one of the kids in role models. I love role models. Paul Rudd. Love Paul Rudd. We also have some interesting cameos in this movie. These cameos include Frank Stallone, Roger Clinton, and Stephen Baldwin. That was good. The siblings anonymous scene. That was pretty funny. I feel like it could have been better. Yes. There was definitely more meat on the bone. They spent a lot of time letting Roger Clinton speak. Yes. And Frank Stallone looks like Sylvester Stallone. So you knew like... At yeah. first, I was like, is that just him in makeup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Roger Clinton, I was like, you could have told me that was anybody's brother. And I've been like, okay. I didn't even know Clinton had a brother. I didn't either. I would have loved to have seen this as like a reoccurring scene every so often. You know, like, oh, oh he's involved in this group. That would have been good. It was so random just to have it in, near the end. Well, I also think there's definitely funnier brother options, too. You could have had Oliver Hudson, who's the brother of Kate Hudson. Mm -hmm. And especially at that time, he wasn't even close to the Oliver Hudson that he is now. You could have had one of the Wahlberg brothers. Yep. You could have had Casey Affleck. Yep. <laughs> especially during that time. This was pre-Manchester by the Sea. I actually think the best choice, though, would have been if they would have gotten Kieran Culkin. Oh, absolutely. Pre-succession Kieran Culkin. But it would have been a perfect tie-in because he was in the Home Alone movies. Yes. With his older brother, Macaulay. They could have gotten so much gold out of uh, that. I totally agree. It makes me even more mad now. <laughs> I know. Being like, man, they had so much with that. Like, that could have been a focal point of the movie. Why are you going out of your way to get Roger Clinton? Pick up the phone, call yeah. Kieran Culkin. And <laughs> right. Just be like, hey, man, we got, you know, one day of filming. We'll pay you this amount of money, but it's going to be hilarious. Man, missed opportunity. Well, we also have some other uh, casting rumors. Just want to hit you with a few. The pod's favorite, Reese Witherspoon, Renee Zellweger, Naomi Watts, Nicole Kidman, to play Annette Claus. Santa's wife. Very interesting choices. I don't know if that part was like big enough for some of those people. Agreed. It's why they're rumors. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe yeah. they were considered but never actually contacted. Yeah. You never know. And also, Jamie Lee Curtis was considered to play Santa Claus's mother. I don't even really think it matters who played Mother Claus. She had very little to do with the overall plot other than not liking Fred. Exactly. All right. Four Christmases. This cast includes two country singers that would be Tim McGraw and Dwight Yoakam and three people who won Oscars for playing country singers. Reese Witherspoon in Walk the Line, Robert Duvall in Tender Mercies and Sissy Spacek in Coal Miner's Daughter. All four cast members portraying the parents 
in this film are Oscar winners. So you've got Robert Duvall, Sissy Spacek, John Voight, and Mary Steenburgen. That is a lot of Oscar winners in <laughs> That's this impressive. movie. We've said it though. Reese Witherspoon is back. We love her on the pod. She plays Kate. Obviously, Vince Vaughn plays Brad, aka Orlando. Orlando. We've got a nice little cameo from Ralphie from Christmas Story. That's Peter Billingsley. He plays the airport ticket agent. That was fun to see him pop up in another Christmas movie. Another favorite on the pod. We have got a jacked Johnny Favs. John Favreau can do no wrong. Every time he comes back, I'm like, dang, I love this guy. He's so good. And he could do everything. I don't know which one I like more. I don't know if I like jacked Favs more, if I like Chef Favs more. I think in the future, we're going to have to do a John Favreau draft character. You have to pick a character. Oh, a John Favreau character draft. That's good. We're going to have to do it. Bookmark that. This film reunites frequent collaborators Vaughn Favreau with their swingers co-star Patrick Van Horn. Patrick Van Horn plays Daryl, Vince Vaughn's mom's boyfriend. And that scene when we're first introduced to him, I, I freaking love it. And always great to see you, big guy. Hey, how is traffic getting out here, huh? You know what? Can I get your gas money? I'd really like to get your gas money. You know, actually, I, I don't need you to uh, get my gas money. Thank you. I actually make a lot more than you do. So. And he's like, I'm not trying to be your father. You already have one of those. I'm just hoping for a chance to be your friend. You were my friend, Daryl. You were my best friend. But now you're sleeping with my mom, and it's a little bit weird for me. Can you appreciate that? I never had a sexual thought about your mom until I was 30. Can you leave it alone? You can't be my friend anymore. Uh, so good. The, it's such a clever scene to even like take that twist some casting what ifs for the part of brad's father dustin hoffman brian cox and robert de niro were considered kate blanchett was considered for the role of courtney that's kate's sister george lopez Faison love and jordan peele were all considered for the role of dallas that's one of vince vaughn's brothers in the movie melissa mccarthy was considered for the role of kate I think she could have done it. I think it would have been funny. Oh, she's hilarious. I love Melissa McCarthy. And this one got me. Will Smith was considered for the role of Brad. Wow. Okay. That could have been interesting. Very happy Vince Vaughn was in this movie, but I think Will Smith could have done something good with this. I think he could have too. He might have slapped somebody, but it's okay. <laughs> too soon? No. No, not too soon. Okay, Alex, what kind of Seinfeld or Friends connections do we have? We got a bunch of uh, overlap since we've already talked about some of these actors in previous episodes. So actually, just from Fred Claus, we got John Michael Higgins is in an episode of Seinfeld. And then Four Christmases, you got John Favreau and Reese Witherspoon appear in Friends. And then John Voight and Carol Kane appear in Seinfeld. Pretty late this time around. John Favreau's overlap with Four Christmases and Friends was interesting to me in terms of his desired career. Yeah, so in Friends, you might remember that he plays Monica's millionaire boyfriend, Pete, uh, but they broke up because he wanted to become an ultimate cage fighter. And in Four Christmases, he became an ultimate cage fighter. Well, if by ultimate, you mean they fought in the backyards of people's houses. And then uploaded it to YouTube. Yes, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, the ultimate fighting kind of stuff was really funny here when Favreau takes him down and puts like him the figure four to the head and he's like flexing on him and he's like soldier boy soldier boy and then he gets up and throws the dollar at him <laughs> I love that that's like the best it was so funny 
And then when those kids jump in, like they tag in and start beating up Vince Vaughn. Before I had kids, I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. No kid would ever do that. Or you have to be seriously deranged. And now I have three boys. And every time I just try to like lay on the ground to stretch my back out, they think that it's just open season. I'm getting (laughs) shooting star presses off the top rope onto me, elbow drops, choke holds. It's a war zone over here, Alex. You just got to be ready to cover up the important parts. All right. So best cast. I mean, both have really talented casts. Both are pretty deep. I think the cast in Four Christmases was kind of allowed to be a little funnier. Fred Claus had some good acting. Kevin Spacey, terrible human being, but really good actor, and it shows Mm -hmm. in this. So it's kind of a toss-up. I lean Four Christmases because I found them to be more enjoyable. What about you? I will say I lean Four Christmases because I feel like the actors were utilized better, where I feel like Fred Claus just a lot was left on the table. Like they didn't get necessarily the best out of what they had. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good point. Okay. Four Christmases is going to take round one. Heading into round two, best line or moment. Yeah, so Fred Claus, we get a mix. We got some serious moments in this movie. We got obviously a lot of funny moments. Now, a lot of this movie did feel like, especially with the the interactions between Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti, felt a lot of improvised moments. I think this is something, too, we've talked about with Vince Vaughn. It just seems like they write him a script, but not exactly what to say. Just like ramble about this because you know Vince Vaughn like you talked about he's got that way of just speaking and he talks fast and he or terrific a lot and (laughs) just like very Vince Vaughn yeah I just feel like you just say like do your thing in like one of those scenes he gets invited to dinner and then you're looking at a man who can fly around the world in a single night you amaze me I think it's absolutely amazing I mean to think that he can fly around to a million houses in one night breaking and entering steal all the food, eat the little kids' cookies and stuff like that. And I get Jack just talking about it. Don't you guys feel it? <laughs> it's so funny. It's great, because like, when you break it down like that, you're like, oh, yeah, that is true. Because even, like, like sometimes Evelyn will be like, how does he get in our house? Like, That's a little creepy. And I'm like, like just look past it. Like, <laughs> it's fine. It's funny, because the mom is just building up Santa so much in that scene. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, isn't he so amazing? And, yeah. and just to point out all the flip side negative of what's happening. Even when Mrs. Claus is like, well, he needs to lose a little weight. Kathy Bates is like, no, he's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. great. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, that's good. And then speaking of one of the more serious scenes, when Santa kind of figures out Kevin Spacey's motive behind, you know, kind of destroying the North Pole's operation, Christmas in general, realizing that as a kid, he was bullied and never got the cape he wanted, the Superman cape. And then you see him later in the movie. I thought it was a great part near the end where, you know, he now works for the North Pole and he's you know making some rounds and you can see like his cape and then Santa tucks it back in. You know, that's great. It was, it was a nice little moment there. I did find it funny that they were talking so much about Superman. Kevin Spacey actually played Lex Luthor in one of the Superman movies. That's great. I don't know if that really had anything to do with it, but I thought it was a fun little connection. That is fun. Did you also catch his character's name? Clyde Northcutt. Oh, okay. You think that's a little play on words? Like, cut down the north? Yeah, I'm sure that's some writer's room. Little, ah, this will be a funny joke. Yeah, sneak like, that eh, in there. Yeah. Maybe Isn't someday it? someone will talk about it on yeah. the podcast. That scene that you were talking about, though, the four-eyed Clyde, scene when santa figures out his motives that is such a well acted scene between two really talented actors i wish there was more of that in this movie 
yeah, this this movie did feel like it didn't know what it was. You know, like, was it a comedy? Was it serious? Was it, you know, were there romantic element? Like, yeah, there was yeah. all of those. Was it a kid movie? Was it an adult movie? Yeah, exactly. I agree. I would have loved to see more of those kind of scenes. And I mean, even Vince Vaughn, he does, he's not just a comedic actor. Like, he can act. Also, you know, have Kathy Bates, you have Elizabeth Banks. Like, you have so many actors at your disposal that you could have easily yeah. played off this. All right, go on. This is an interesting one. We kind of talked about this earlier, but how do you feel about how they portrayed the North Pole? That was one thing I thought this movie did really well. I like the look and feel of this North Pole. And it even started from the beginning of the movie. The WB intro mm -hmm. turned into like the Christmas themed WB intro. And I thought that looked really cool. And the first time we see the North Pole with the houses, with Santa's workshop, which kind of mm -hmm. looked and was shaped like the White House. Yep. Santa was kind of treated like the president. He had his yep. little elf security team. I liked the look and feel of the North Pole. I liked, you know, they had Main Street North Pole, which was great. It just felt like Christmas, which I love. I love that. Like, do the lights, do everything, like go overboard. The toy shop wasn't hammer and, you know, whatever. You know, it was like high tech, which I like. Yeah. The, the crystal ball to like check up on the kids. Like that was kind of interesting take. Speaking of that, I like the attempt at the beginning, the opening scene where, you know, you meet Fred, but then you meet Nick. He just gets born and they're trying to kind of explain like the origin of, of Santa. I liked that scene for the idea but i just think it it didn't hold throughout the movie it was too it, it felt disconnected like i loved the idea i'm like oh that's great like you have like this legend and this character that like where did he start from and you know they even had to mention like oh like everyone gets frozen in the age they yeah, are and, yeah but then like ah, i wish there was more i think there were so many scenes and we've talked about a few like ah you had something and then it's gone I'm so split on that scene, that opening scene when Santa's born and when they're young kids, because on the one hand, I like the background info that we get from it and establishing who these people are and why they are the way they are. On the other hand, I don't like thinking of Santa as a kid. Yeah. Like I said, I like the Santa Claus version where it's like an adult just becomes Santa. Like you have to yes. earn it. You're not just you're not born into it or whatever. Yeah. Although this one kind of like created it, but still yeah. it was just weird. I also thought it was interesting. They market this movie all around Vince Vaughn. You go to the movie, you sit down in the first like five minutes of the movie. Vince Vaughn isn't in it. Yeah. They almost could have done that as a flashback scene. Sure. And like just establish, like get us hooked first, then do some backstory explanation. Maybe even that ties in more of that like siblings anonymous stuff. Yeah. Like maybe start, yeah. even start with that and then be like, who are you? Oh, I'm Fred Claus, Santa's brother. Flashback. You know, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so some of my favorite parts from Four Christmases. I love every part of this movie, so I don't even know how I'm going to pick a few to just point out. I love when Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon are at that work Christmas party, and they're talking to the one character about their Christmas plans, and the guy references his niece. My brother thinks his daughter, the uh, four-year-old, is going to be the next Beyonce. <laughs> She's bad, and she sucks. Oh. Oh, it's just imitation of that. It's so good. And he's like, she's bad and she sucks. Uh, I just love when people are honest about little kids. I love when they walk into Brad's father's house and his sister-in-law's there. Or Duvra. 
instead of hors d'oeuvres, she says hors d'oeuvre. I'll still say that anytime that word is supposed to be said. That whole scene, from the moment they pull into the driveway at his father's house till when he's lying on the ground after falling off the yep. roof saying mistletoe, yep. is so good. Specifically, though, when they're talking about setting up the satellite dish and Robert Duvall's like, why would I need a satellite? And Vince Vaughn is a satellite dish, not a satellite. And maybe it's because your TV right now is a radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it pans over and it's it's like a TV from the 70s that has the dial that. turns. And oh, I love that. <laughs> that Robert Duvall, who how anybody kept a straight face when he said this is beyond me. Dan, I think you're going to want a professional to handle this technology. If you think I'm going to allow a sex predator in a uniform to wander around my house and touch my underwear. Hey, you, you got another thing coming. No, 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 no. How do you say that with a straight face? He plays that perfect, like, grumpy dad. You know, like, it's it's fine. You know, everything's yeah. fine. Like, oh, yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Love oh, that. Uh, I love when they're at the church and they're doing the church reenactment scene. First, when Brad is volunteered to go and be a part of it and the pastor's like, rup up bum Brad! <laughs> <laughs> I just I love this scene. I think it's so funny. Maybe it's because you and I grew up going to church and mm-hmm. I've definitely been a part of some church services that were like this. Yep. Very over the top. Very. What are we really focusing on here? So maybe that's why it hit home to see people kind of throw a little little spin on it. But it's still a really good scene when they're on the stage and just the way Vince Vaughn delivers his lines. <laughs> we shall name him Jesus. Glory to God. We shall name him Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. His voice is just going all over the place. So and then, then, then he's holding the swaddle and Reese Witherspoon can't find it. I mean, everything he says is so funny here. But then he's like, you unfit mother. And he wraps <laughs> the, the baby. And he says, forgive her son, for she knows not what she's done. For she knows not what she's done. I love how he goes from like, I don't, I, I'm not doing this to like, this is what I was born to do. Like play this so character. Funny. Then he just stands up, throws his hands up. Everybody starts cheering. And then he just goes right into like this, like hip shake dance. Oh, so funny. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And uh, my last favorite scene And it's not even necessarily the scene. I think the scene's really good, but there's one part of the scene that I think is one of the best scenes maybe in movie history. And that's when they're playing Taboo with the family game. Yes. And goes around. The mom doesn't know how to play. Gets to jacked Johnny Favs and his wife. He's eating the chicken wings. He just looks straight at Vince. He's like, flip the tube. Flip the tube. On your mark, get set, go. Capital of China. Hong Kong. Yes. Thing next to your bed on the nightstand. A sock? Yes. I helped you come up with this when you were drunk and you came home from the bar last Thursday. Alibi? Yes. The thing I'm not allowed to wear to Supercross. Miniskirt? Yes. Me and you dry humping on the beach. A screensaver? Yes, baby. This game is so easy. The only man that I'm allowed to cheat on you with. John Grisham. Yes. Mexican dude. Ricardo Montalban. Yes. Hi. Flip, flip the tube, the tube. <laughs> capital of china hong kong. hong kong and they just run the table i love it 
it's amazing because it shows that even though these people are super dumb, they do really know each other and they're yeah. connected. And it's just it's we don't have to get that deep about it. It's also just hilarious. It's a great turning point scene, I think, for Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon's characters to be like, do we actually know each other? But yeah. It's so funny. I just the whole like, you know, the mom not understanding some of the rules and like she keeps buzzing, keeps saying like, she's she, she, she can say that. Yeah. It's, it says shish. <laughs> yeah. Shish. 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 I lost it at that part. It's so funny. It does frustrate me a little bit how bad Kate is at that game. Do you think anybody in their right mind would try to play it the way that she was trying to play it? Uh, no, but she also has severe stage fright. So I just, I feel like <laughs> she, she gets in her own head and she's like, Kate, she can't do it. Not a good partner. I did think it was a pretty accurate depiction of a family game night. Uh, 100%. Somebody always gets mad. Somebody's always trying to correct somebody. Somebody's really good and somebody's really bad. Really bad. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. I don't even know. I just think Four Christmases has to win this. Those are just some of the funniest scenes. It definitely had more scenes as a whole that like yeah. really stole the show. I think Fred Claus has some some really good like one-liners for sure. But I think I think I would lean Four Christmases in this category as well. Okay. Four Christmases takes a two to nothing lead going into round three. Better title or soundtrack? I think the titles are both on pretty even playing field. I mean, Fred Claus, Four Christmases, kind of just says what the movies are right there. Nothing too deep to it. There is that scene when they're driving in the car. We just got to survive these four Christmases. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Fred Claus, I say all the time. So I don't know. Titles, I think it's a wash. I think how we can decide this is which movie had better Christmas music. What'd you think of the music in Fred Claus? I mean, I love the part in the taxi when Jingle Bells is on and he's like, yeah, could you could you change this? And he's like, sure. And then it's the dog version. Of yeah. Jingle Bells. <laughs> yeah. And he changes it to the cat version. That's hilarious. That that made me laugh out loud. And then you got Here Comes Santa Claus playing <laughs> on an infinite loop. <laughs> yeah. With Ludacris as the DJ. How many times would it take for you to hear Here Comes Santa Claus in a row before you snapped? Two? I don't know. Just two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard that John Mulaney stand up when he's talking about how him and his friends used to go into a diner that had those jukebox things and they would put a ton of quarters in to pay? And they would always play What's New Pussycat? And they would play it like 17 times in a row just to see the reaction of people. And then and then they would put in a random song and the people would cheer and then they go right back to What's New Pussycat? That's like what it would be like to hear Here Comes Santa Claus all day on repeat. I don't know if you guys listen to Christmas music as much as we do, but, you know, we'll put it on my shuffle and it will be like you'll hear a song. And then it will be the same exact song, but just a different version. And then the next one is the same exact song, just a different version. And you're like, all right, how many of these do I have to listen to before I can just skip them all together? So I curated a Christmas playlist specifically a couple years ago to avoid that. And it's just filled with all of my favorite that's, that's Christmas smart. songs. That's smart. But there's like probably 40 or 50 songs on the list. So it's it's enough to give you a variety. That's what you need. And then just one note. So besides Christmas music, the composer for this film was uh, Christoph Beck. You actually may know him for some of his films, Frozen 1 and 2. And uh, he's worked on a bunch of stuff from the MCU, including uh, some of the Ant-Man films and WandaVision. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Frozen is the all-time favorite in this household, as you can imagine. No, we never, as much as I try, my guys, my, my boys aren't like super Disney fans. Yeah. They love Home Alone. They'll watch that. No, I'd prefer that. They like that kind of stuff. They like the Santa Claus. 
I don't know. I'm sure that'll change a little bit, but yeah, I did like in Fred Claus how Ludacris had his own song called Ludacrismas. <laughs> oh cool. man, yeah, yeah. good. Didn't love the creepy score in the middle when they were doing like the whole Kevin Spacey stuff. Yeah, I don't love creepiness in my Christmas movies, but they did. They hit a lot of really good Christmas songs in it. In uh, Four Christmases, you've got the White Christmas remix in the opening, which I think is really good. It's like the club version. Mm -hmm. Quick little story. Krista and I went to see this movie together. I didn't see spoilers for the movie, but I had read somewhere like in a review that that opening scene, they were role playing. They actually did know each other. And mm -hmm. so we're sitting in the movie, that scene's going on, and I lean over to Krista and I say something along the lines of, oh, they're just role playing. They know each other. I don't know why I did it. She still gives me crap to this day about <laughs> spoiling that for her. So I would just like to make a public apology to Krista for ruining that. I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive me. Well, you got the platform now. Yeah. They have pretty traditional Christmas music. Baby, it's cold outside. Jingle Bell Rock. I'll be home for Christmas. All that kind of stuff. They were fine. They weren't really utilized that much. Yeah. I felt like Fred Claus utilized the Christmas music a little bit better than mm -hmm. Four Christmases did. I do think I have to ding for Christmases, though. Let's hear it. For the third time on this podcast, Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll makes an appearance in the movie, one of the movies we're talking about. We don't need to go into it. You can Google it. Gary Glitter is an awful human being. Uh, there's a lot of people that are petitioning to get his songs out of movies and not to be played at stadiums anymore. They play that song in the church scene, which <laughs> makes it even worse. So... I feel like I'm just going to concede this round to Fred Claus. I don't even need to concede it, though. I actually think Fred Claus utilized music better than Four Christmases. Yeah, I mean, just like Ludacris, him being yeah. a character, his song. Like, I think that was a great touch, and I would agree. And it's just hard to find movies without that song in it, though. It really is. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Okay, Fred Claus gets on the board. We are two to one going into round four. Plot holes, cringiness, or random questions. Let me bring up some stuff about Fred Claus. So this version of Santa invented all of the Christmas traditions, coming down the chimney, cutting down the trees, giving people presents. So that means he made all of the rules for Christmas. One of the biggest plot points towards the end of the movie is that Santa can't deliver the presents and nobody else can do it because only a Claus can drive the sleigh on Christmas to deliver the presents. But if Santa established all the rules, couldn't he just amend that so that one of the elves could do it? Yeah, you would think. And also, like they, there's like this board, and they mentioned the Tooth Fairy, and they mentioned the Easter Bunny. So it's like, did Santa start this whole thing and like yeah. bring them in? That's what I'm talking about with this whole like origin story. It's like cool that they addressed it, but then yeah, there's all of these like, what? But what about this? And what about that? It makes no sense that they have a board in the first place. Why? Like, did they go public? Who is the board? I want to know how they operate. I want to know what their plan was, though. So they were going to shut down Santa. So obviously they're not canceling Christmas because they would just be canceling Santa's presence from Christmas. It just doesn't add up. Like, why? Because what? He wasn't super efficient. So you're just going to shut him down. I kind of just I want a movie about the board. That's what I want. I want to know mm. more about this board that runs all the holidays. I do, too. That actually sounds like a pretty cool plot for a movie. There wasn't like too much overall cringiness in this movie. There were just two things that I want to point out. First off, when they were little kids and Fred made the customized journal for Santa and then Santa gives it away. That's just a douche move. Mm. That made me really, really angry, actually. Mm -hmm. 
And um, when Fred gets to the North Pole and he's bunking with Willie, his human body is just way too big for the elf bed. Elf had already made that joke a couple years before that. You know, it happens a lot. Recycled jokes. But you would think they would have just been a little more cognizant. Absolutely. Especially since Elf was like (laughs) game changing in this in this genre. Some random questions. The whole file shredding stuff seems security is a little off at the North Pole. So Santa has a security team, but they just leave this really important room unlocked for anybody to access. And then also, why was Fred put in charge of that if it was so important? They knew he was a screw up. So why did Santa put him in charge of this really important area? And who was doing this before? Like, whose role was he filling? They were just like, (laughs) oh, you can do this. It's only the most important thing. And no one was doing it, you know? A logistical question. How did Wanda get to the North Pole for the intervention? And why was she not more shocked that Santa was real and she was in the North Pole? Yeah, that bugged me big time. And then she just leaves. How are you getting home? Yeah. And then same thing when Fred is in Chicago and then he gets back to the North Pole. He has to take like a plane and then the smaller plane and then sleigh dogs. Mm -hmm. That's like a two day journey. He's not getting back in like four hours. That's a hike. This was just like, I don't love it when movies do this. Santa says a clause has to deliver the presents and it's alluded that he wants Fred to do it. And Fred's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's like, okay, I get it. And then immediately the next scene, he's suiting up to do it. Yeah. I have a question in that scene. Why was he wearing brown Santa boots? Oh, instead of black Santa boots. He put on brown and I was like, man, that doesn't look right. What color boots does Santa wear? That's the real question. Does he wear brown? Maybe I'm just, maybe I've always missed it. It's definitely black. Yeah, it's black. And he's wearing a black belt. You got to match the belt to the shoes. I mean, come on. He only had 10 hours to deliver all those presents. And they didn't like do any explanation of like, oh, we can stop time. They can do this for that. No, it's just like he has 10 hours to fly really fast. And they didn't really seem to take a very efficient route either. They were like, oh, we're in Australia. Now we're in. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, I don't know. And I know it's like, okay, it's a Santa movie. You got to logic. You got to take liberties. Yeah. But still, other Santa movies have done a really good job of trying to explain this stuff. Um, how does he get back up the chimney? I feel like that would take 10 minutes per house. I always liked in the Santa Claus how we yep. went down the chimneys when you get like the skinny ones you get like sucked yeah. down. There was magic around that whole thing. We're already talking about magic freezing you in the same type of body that you're, you've been in. Yes. Also, do you think if you've been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years, I don't think you're living in an apartment. No. And but also like if you are the same, like in everyone else around you is aging, like wouldn't people catch up? Yeah, you'd have to like move a lot. You could not be dating that girl because then then like five years, she's gonna be like, yeah, well, something's up. I'm like, you haven't changed. Yeah, you got to go with like the Twilight logic where they had to keep moving because they looked the same. And so they would like age out of the schools. And yeah, they didn't think that one through. Other thing is, uh, I think Macaroni is a great puppy name. That's a great name. I love that. That's a good name. I really like that. Okay, what do you got for Four Christmases? I'm going to ask for your help with this one. Four Christmases, I think the biggest thing when you watch this movie, in terms of plot holes, is, is this day possible? From start to finish, can they make it to all these houses? Can they do all these things in that amount of time? I have thought a lot about this. Yes, I actually went as far as to mock out a schedule. Oh, I love it. So in Four Christmases, this is the absolute fastest they could do everything. Okay, let's hear it. So I looked it up. On December 25th, the sunrise in San Francisco is 7.23 a.m. It's light out on Christmas morning when they're leaving to go to the airport, finishing packing up, getting ready to drive to the airport. So let's say it's 7.30 a.m. for argument's sake. From where they live, you saw like the view of the city. The airport is on the other side of that. 
So we're looking at at least an hour to get to the airport, park, go to ticketing. So that's about 830 in the morning. Once they're at the airport, all the flights are canceled. They went home and got changed. So you got to add about another hour to that because we see them in different clothes, you know, drop off their bags, all that kind of stuff. So we're looking at 930 in the morning. They're driving to Howard's house. There's a lot of open land around there. That's not near the city at all. That's at least a 45 minute drive from where they are. So now we're looking at 10, 15 a.m. They're at that first house for at least an hour and a half. They open presents. They eat hors d'oeuvres. They help make brunch or whatever it is they're making. They get the tools out to put the satellite dish on the roof. So that leaves us at 11.45 a.m. Then they drive to Kate's mom's house. That's going to be at least a half hour away. That's more of a neighborhood setting. And there's just no way the parents live that close to each other. So that's 12.15 p.m. At Kate's mom's house, they have their little circle time of what they want to do more of. Kate has to change her clothes from the spit up. They have the whole jump jump scene. So they're there at least an hour. So that's 1.15 p.m. Then they've got to drive to the church. That's about a 10 minute drive. 1.25 p.m. We can assume that the church service starts at 1.30 p.m. Because services either start on the hour or half hour. Yes. It's a Christmas service. It's at least going an hour. It's going to be an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's going to go till 2.30 p.m. So then they have to change out of their costumes, bask in the praise of their performance, and then leave the church. I'm saying that's 20 minutes. So they're leaving the church at 2.50 p.m. Half hour minimum drive to Brad's mom's house. That's putting us at 3.20 p.m. They're definitely at Brad's mom's house for at least an hour. You know, they have the greetings. They're playing the game. Let's say they leave that house at 4.20 p.m. They drive to Kate's dad's house is at least an hour. We see them going down the coast, which seemed nowhere near where they were. So they're arriving at Kate's dad's house at the earliest 5.20 p.m. She made it for dinner, but they've got young kids there. So I'm assuming dinner probably started at 5.30 p.m. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if they moved as fast as humanly possible, didn't hit any sort of traffic and stayed at each house as short as they possibly could, they could do it. I find it highly unlikely because I was kind of like just moving. Everything's going to take longer than what I'm saying. And, and California, San Francisco traffic's going to be way worse than that. Yeah, but especially on a, a major holiday. It could work. It's a stretch. They have to be paced perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could work. I like that. They, I, I appreciate the the effort that went into that. So I think we can probably dismiss that as a plot hole. Sure, sure. Okay, just some random questions for you then. How had he not met her mom or she met his mom or whatever in the three years of dating? These people really did not like their families. They just did anything they could to stay away from them. They don't seem all that bad. No. This is like such a movie TV trope. The reporter who interviews them at the airport, they're all watching the news. <laughs> It's, Christmas morning. I don't think like, I've ever watched the news on Christmas in my life. No, I, I watch the news maybe like once or twice a year. <laughs> Brad talking to one of his nephews about Santa didn't really make sense. No, no, no adults making that mistake. No, I mean, he clearly does not get children. No. Like he just doesn't get them. But come on, Still. man, like watch what you say. Um, at the end, they have a baby, but they didn't tell their family that they were pregnant. I know. So did they not learn anything? Like the whole point of of this whole story and they're right back i just liked it as a scene though it was funny it was, funny. It was, it yeah. was a nice little callback but also you can't just like walk into someone's room <laughs> no the newborn like the news right. is not just busting in a newborn room yeah that's yeah there's some tight security there the packing scene when they're packing is that how you pack for a trip they were like having fun i hate <sighs> packing i have to travel a good amount for work so i'm pretty efficient at packing like i never bring anything other than just a carry-on suitcase yeah. 
So yep. even I mean, Krista and I did two weeks in Europe and both of us only brought carry ons. So I'm pretty efficient at packing. But no, I'm not like sitting there laughing, throwing the clothes around. No, no. It's yeah. like, here we go. How can I squeeze as much into this little thing as possible? Also, do you dress for your destination? Like they're they're wearing like the <laughs> that always no. bugs me too. No, I don't. I dress for comfort on the planes. I, yeah, same. And one last question: Do you call it a jump jump? No, no, bouncy. That's the first time I've ever heard jump jump. Yeah, no, but me I like too. it. It's fun. But bouncy house is what yeah. I call it too. I think since you dismissed the entire big plot hole of the timing for Four Christmases, I think Four Christmases has to win this. I think so too. There's not much cringy stuff in the movie. No, you know, and the the questions aren't like, you know, they're just they're whatever. Like, there's yeah, not, I don't yeah. think there's anything there for no. me to, to fight back on on this one. All right. Wow. Three to one for Christmases going into round five. Better Vince Vaughn quotes. We've already hit on a bunch of them. But out of the ones that we haven't spoken about, which movie has the better Vince Vaughn quotes? Alex will say one. I'll say one and we'll see where we're at. Yeah, so first scene when we well first scene I we meet Vince Vaughn's character. He's in the front yard and he's the repo man. So he's talking about the TV with a with a little girl. Yeah, and then he he says, "Hey guy, you got a girl that kicks. Is that from you? Is that because you, you use the TV as a babysitter? Don't pay your bills again. Next time I'll come, I'll take your wife from you." To the husband, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I love when. They're calling their parents to say they weren't going to make it to Christmas, which probably should tell them before Christmas Day that you're not coming. But still. And then Vince Vaughn just goes, crawl now, be hope up <laughs> or whatever it is. Excuse my Burmese. And he's like, that's very Christmas in Burmese. That gets me every single time. Oh, man. When he's talking to Slam um, and he's got the the milk and he's like, two hands on the milk, please. <laughs> that's a very that's a very deadline. Yeah, that was a very accurate line as somebody that has to tell my young children that every single time. Two hands, please. Two hands. It's constant. I like when they're in the car at Brad's dad's house and they're talking about the mistletoe safe word to get out. And he says, and going out would be. And then Reese Witherspoon says mistletoe. And he says, done. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Like he tricks her into saying it. I love that. Yeah, it's good. What a great, what a great safe word for Christmas mistletoe. It really is, yeah. Um, this is this is my favorite line. I don't know if it's improvised or what, but when Fred and Nick are chatting, and Vince Vaughn's character goes, "How things been with you? Oh, we're well, fine, fine. You know, business is crazy, but yeah. uh, we're swell. We're swell. How are you? That's well, great. I'm, that's great. I'm really happy for you, Nick. By the way, I think you know the whole Christmas thing is taking <laughs> off, and I think that's just awesome. Yeah, it's catching on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's catching on. <laughs> yeah, this is okay. really good. That's really good. <laughs> I like when the baby spits up and Vince Vaughn's just Vince Vaughn reaction to oh, the throw man. up. And he's like, I'm going to do it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then the callback at the end when their own baby does it and he says the same thing. I, that is I find that hilarious. Yeah. Um, You know, I think you said this before. I do think Fred Claus has some better one liners. I think Four Christmases has better scenes. Some of the funniest parts of Four Christmases, though, is not Vince Vaughn saying it. I mm -hmm. do think the funnier parts in Fred Claus are some of the Vince Vaughn sayings and reactions. So I think Fred Claus probably gets this one. So we have got a three to two lead for four Christmases going into round six. Better trivia. 
and trying to come up with a name for Santa's brother, writer Jesse Nelson, uh, who came up with the idea for the film after her daughter asked if Santa has a family, which is pretty cool. She hit upon Fred as an option while watching The Godfather. The Fred is an homage to the character Frito, who everyone knows is like the screw up of the family. I like it. According to reports, Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn hated each other during filming Four Christmases, though nobody knows why. During production, a number of stories leaked to the press about tension on set. Apparently, Vince would roll onto the set in the morning looking like he just came from a night out, and Reese would arrive early looking camera ready. Reese liked to rehearse their lines and block the scenes out, where Vince was more of an improv type of guy. Apparently, it got so bad that Witherspoon refused to film a steamy sex scene with Vaughn. Why is none of that surprising to me? Not a single aspect of that. All right, back to Fred Claus. So early in the film, Vince Vaughn's character Fred pretends to work for a charity called People Help the People. Now, in Wedding Crashers, his character Jeremy Gray says people helping people while Owen Wilson's character, uh, John, is explaining how their fake jobs are also charitable. And David Dobkin directed both of those movies. Oh, I kind of like that callback. That's funny. Yeah, that has that's got to be. It's it got to be intentional, right? Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Director Seth Gordon was hired at Vince Vaughn's insistence, Vaughn being a fan of Gordon's acclaimed documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. That ties into when Brad is introduced to Jim, who is Kate's brother-in-law. He's playing a video game, and the sounds of that game are the Donkey Kong game sounds. Oh. Yeah, Jim is played by Steve Wiebe, who was the subject of the director's documentary, The King of Kong, about his quest to get the all-time high score on Donkey Kong. So nice little callback to one of his earlier movies. Also, not surprising that that guy didn't have any lines if he's <laughs> not actually an actor. <laughs> right. Oh, he was great. He was great, yeah. though, in his non-speaking, just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't he such a great father? Yeah. <laughs> Doing nothing. Um, In Fred Claus, they show the house from Full House as they are riding in the sleigh. I do like that. That little row of houses in San Francisco. Everyone knows. Everyone knows that row of houses. Four Christmases started production during the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike, which meant that there could be no changes made to the script during filming. So there was a ton of improv, which makes sense. Makes sense. We've talked about it. It makes a lot of sense. I kind of like the name Fred coming from Fredo Corleone and the Wedding Crashers tie in. Those were good. In honor of Christmas spirit, I think I'm going to have to give you this round. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. And they're a little more positive. The Reese Witherspoon Vince Vaughn, while it's not surprising. Yeah, it's a little sad. Yeah, I don't want to hear about that. I want them to all get along. Also just shows how good of actors they were. While none of it surprised me, they actually seemed like they had good chemistry. Oh, they had great chemistry. Yeah. So... All right, we're tied three to three going into round seven. Better story, better script, more fun. To me, I think Fred Claus is a little too long of a movie and the plot set up. It really slowly builds, slowly builds, slowly builds. And then they tried to like rush everything in at the end. We had mentioned it before, but it seemed like there's a lot that they left on the cutting room floor. It almost actually seems like it probably could have been better as like a six episode mini series that came out nowadays. The story was kind of all over the place. And while it was funny and well acted in certain parts, I don't know. It's a Santa movie, but it's not kid friendly enough. I just felt a little off to me. Still a fun movie. But when I think of Four Christmases, I mean, that movie just cruises from start to finish. It flies by and it's just hilarious. To me, Four Christmases, it's fun. It's funny. It's got some action. 
if you want to count the fake MMA figure four <laughs> to the head as action and it's got heart. So I don't know. My vote would be four Christmases for this. But what do you got to say? Yeah, I, I think just getting back to Fred Claus as being a little disjointed and kind of like a few different movies duct taped together. Like, what is it? Like, I think yeah. your point of maybe it's not quite a kid's movie because there are some darker, deeper plot lines, but not really an adult movie either. No, there's no language in it. No, there's not even really adult like there's like a kiss, you know, like that's yeah. about as far as it yeah. goes. Whereas, you know, Four Christmases, the, the movie takes place in one day. So you're kind of with them their whole journey across one day, which is it's fun. It's a fun ride to go along with for those of us who have large families or whatever kind of families and just, you know, seeing how they spent their holidays with them and just yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, man, like <laughs> splitting holidays between families and, you know, traveling to multiple places in a day, like done that before. I, I could relate with it a little bit more. And it just... Yeah, it just grabs you from the beginning to the end. Yeah, I would watch Four Christmases again this holiday season. I don't think I'd watch Fred Claus again this year. I think I would agree with you, and I think that's probably the ultimate test when it comes down to these two. Yeah. I mean, Christmas movies, yeah, of course you watch them around this time of year, but yeah, you should you should want to pop it on again, you know, because yes. it should have that heart and that moment of connection and warmth and, you know, the spirit of everything. Yeah. Which I feel like Four Christmases has more than Fred Claus. Okay, so it's settled. Four Christmases wins the Vince Vaughn Christmas Movie Showdown. You got any closing thoughts before we get into our rankings? Man, I know you love Christmas movies, but I do too. Maybe not as much as you, but it's just fun to dive into some of these because I feel like out of any of the holidays, like Christmas is the best one for, for movies. I like anything that puts me in the mood for Christmas. So I love Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, Christmas music and Christmas movies. Alex, where are you ranking these movies? I'm going to give Fred Claus a 64, and I'm going to give Four Christmases a 74. I like it. This might be the biggest discrepancy I've ever had. Ooh, let's let's hear it. Our listeners might not be able to take me serious after this. <laughs> are you having fun, though? It's so fun. That's all that matters. I am going to give Fred Claus a 63%, and I am going to give Four Christmas is a 92%. Wow. I love this movie. I just can't. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like it was just made for me. It's yeah. my type of humor. I enjoy the actors in it. And it's so fun. I love it. I love Four Christmases. And that's all I have to say. You know, when you give your ratings, there's no wrong answer. No. If it were up to me, I would have given Tommy Boy 100. You should have. I should have. I might. I might retroactively. Our next episode will be released the week before Christmas. We are going to start to ease into a every other week to allow us some more time to do some social media content for some of these episodes. And Alex and I are going to give each other a little bit of a Christmas gift. And we're actually going to do two movies that are not under a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, but two of the most famous, well-known Christmas movies out there. And I'm looking forward to battling them out head to head. I was going to watch them anyway, so this is just a better excuse to talk about them. This has been The Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review all that fun stuff. Seriously, please review. It really helps us get more listeners. And follow us on all the socials at Rock and Rob Show. Until next time, peace. I'm out of here. See ya. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Bye, Felicia. That's your home! 
Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Hasta la vista, baby.